Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, creator of Pricelessly Imperfect, a Girl Power Alliance Field Advisory Board member, and a dog rescuer. This podcast is for Christian women who want to step into their kingdom leadership with all the confidence in the world. Inside, we're going to be talking about ditching antiquated views of womanhood as it relates to the kingdom, how to grow a business with God at the forefront, and stewarding all the provisions and talents God has given us so we can grow the kingdom. So whether you're a woman looking to launch your business or you're a seasoned pro, there's something here for you. Let's dive into today's episode together, shall we? Welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last episode with Lisa about how to be an effective communicator and speaker because it's going to tie into exactly what it is that I'm covering today. One of the things that I love that Lisa talked about is effective communication, whether you are speaking publicly on stages or if you are a parent trying to communicate with your child or your husband, right? Like whatever role that you're in, effective communication is important, which is why I'm so excited about this episode because I want to talk about thinking like a coach when you parent. And I don't mean in the business world type of coaching, which is actually what Lisa and I are becoming certified in and many of the other guests that have been on this podcast. But I'm talking about like your child's sports coach. So I know my youngest, he is obsessed with football. My oldest is into wrestling. And they have had some phenomenal coaches over the last several years that have left a lot of really valuable wisdom on them and taught them some incredible skill sets and disciplines within themselves. And so I want, I want you to, if you, if your children are involved in sports or, you know, cheerleading or anything like, you know, dance, anything like that, then hopefully, hopefully they've had some really solid coaching, um, along the way. And so I want us to transform our thought process as parents to coaches. And I'm going to explain what that really means. So, um, when I'm thinking about coaching, right, coaches are forever teaching. There is never not a teaching moment. I know when I coached cheerleading, I was a dance teacher for a long time too. You are in constant teaching mode and I know with this, you know, the kids that I have ever coached, like you don't get easily frustrated either with the teaching, right? It's just part of the experience. And so as a coach, you are constantly training and preparing your team. And so here's the thing. So our children, our team, our family is our team. And so we have to be constantly training them and preparing them for what's out there, right? That's what, <laughs> that's what our coach does. My son's football coach is constantly preparing him and training him for their next game and for a lifelong success in football. If that's the, that's the route he goes. And so we have to do the same spiritually. We have to be constantly training, teaching, and preparing our children for the world outside. And my goodness, does the world outside look a whole lot different than it used to? There is a lot we have to equip our children with now. I remember one time I had a conversation with my grandmother before she passed, and my youngest was talking about, um, and he was, I mean, he was like five Okay. So, I mean, this was a few years ago and he was talking about somebody in his class, right? So now he's in kindergarten, somebody in his class being trans 
And, you know, my grandmother was on the phone with us. We were in the car and she was like, this is not a conversation that I ever had to have with my children. She's like, you have to parent so differently than I had to. And you have to teach your children things that I've never had to teach my children. These were not even remotely topics of conversation. And so I had to do, you know, I have to, we have to parent differently in this world um, but still hold on to biblical truths and biblical values. And so it can, people may not like it, right? So that's, that's another thing. So I teach, we teach apologetics in our house. Like, how do you answer for the reason you believe what you believe? And I want you to believe it, not because, you know, your dad and I said it, like, I want you to do that and, and determine if that's true for you or not, even though they're nine and almost 11, like determine if that's true for you like do do your own research on this um and so anyway so we have to we have to train completely differently than anybody before us has ever had to train their children um and and so it just looks different the other thing that comes with teaching is there's course correction in that right so i know so my my son plays center um when he is in the wrong stance the coach is not mean to him, right? It's it's a course correction. Hey, switch up your stance. This would make you more effective if you changed your stance to this. And so as somebody who is constantly teaching, we have to also be course correcting, but in a way that is giving grace and allows people room to grow and improve um, with guidance without us being overbearing. So next Good coaches, they always have a game plan. I'm like, I'm just going to keep talking about uh, football season because it's fresh in my brain. But the my son's football coach, right? So now he's older. Um, and he, so they're learning actual plays. They are, you know, this coach is strategizing with his assistant coaches and things on how to be the most effective. And that is what we have to do with our children. We have to have a game plan, right? God has a game plan for us and we just get to partner with him in that game plan. Um, and so we have to teach our children also how to live life according to like God's game plan for us. Like what is God's strategy for us and how do you guide your children to follow the ultimate game plan? Um, so that's part of our job as parents is to figure out how do we how do we help our children achieve righteous goals? How do we help our children lean in to our Heavenly Father when things don't feel like they're going our way, when we feel like we're losing the game? How how do we do that? Um, and so we, we have to know, though, what God's game plan is in order to guide our children in that direction. We can't help them if we don't know ourselves. And so it's important that we're diving completely into scripture, right? We're, we're in prayer, we're in scripture, we're going to church, we're doing our own personal development and spiritual development here so that we can coach our children into God's game plan for them. I hope that makes sense. The next thing is coaches never let you quit. They never let you quit. They never let you give up. It's just not an option. I know. So listen, I live in South Georgia. It is hot here in the summer when football practice starts. The boys are out playing 90, 95 degrees. It's hot. They are, they're little, right? Um, I remember when he was seven and he first started playing, he's like, this 
sort of sucks. <laughs> like it's very hot. I'm very sweaty. My muscles hurt. I've been, you know, we're doing tackling drills today. And so my body aches and things. However, the coach never lets him quit. And it's not a, I'm never letting you quit. However, like it's, it's not like a condemnation thing. It's a motivational thing. It is an encouraging thing. You know, it's, it's having more belief in your child than they have in themselves. And that's the thing. So God has more belief in us than we have in ourselves. And we have to do the same for our children. Our children need to borrow our belief in them so that they can achieve these goals that they have, so they can continue on this righteousness. Because here's the thing, there's going to be plenty of things that come along to try to derail them. And so it's our job as parents to have enough belief in them to encourage them and and not let them quit when things get hard, because it can be really easy to do that. The other thing is our kids need to see us not quit when things get hard, right? It's really easy to stop going to church, to stop reading your Bible, to stop praying when things are bad. It's really easy to say, you know what? I don't want to go to church this week. I'm just not feeling it. I've got XYZ going on in my life. I don't want to face people at church right now. I don't feel like praying to God right now because if God were so good, why would he allow this to happen to me? And it's those little decisions, right? Because nobody decides I'm going to just stop going to church forever in one fell swoop, right? It's not like I had a great experience this Sunday and the next Saturday I'm like, mm, I'm not going ever again. That doesn't happen. It's it's a circumstance change where we slowly let ourselves quit without meaning to quit. And so we have to be really intentional with modeling for our children that your faith is so important even when things feel really hard. We have we have to model it for them because Here's the thing is people will do 50% of what they see you do and 100% of the things that you don't do, right? So if you're not praying, if you're not reading your scriptures, if you're not going to church and actively involved, then your children will will not do it either. They won't do it either. But if they see you going to church and doing all the things that you're supposed to, even when it's hard, that will carry over for them. So just a little food for thought on that. Um, another thing is that a coach knows each player individually, right? I know when I've coached cheerleading, when I've you know been a dance instructor, I know every single one of my athletes so well. I know their abilities. I know when I can push them a little bit. I know when it's time for them to take a time out. Like I know their abilities so well. I know what makes them tick. I know what motivates them. And so we have to do the same thing. There is no one size fits all strategy for our children. My boys are as opposite as they can be. I mean, one has his haircut to the left. The other has his haircut to the right. I mean, if, you know, the other night I literally asked them, I'm like, we could have steak for dinner or we could have a burger for dinner. One said steak, the other said burgers. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it is, they are forever polar opposites. One really loved wrestling. The other one truly hated wrestling. One really loved football. The other truly hated football. And so um, I say all that because I cannot, my husband and I, we cannot parent them the same. The things that motivate each of them is different. The things that inspire them is different. The things 
that they want to do are completely different. Like we, we have to parent them differently because they are not the same. And so you have to come up with a unique strategy for each of your children. And you have to, you can't do that unless you really know them and you really spend time with them. Unplugged. I'm Put your phone away, have some unplugged one-on-one time with your child so that you know them so incredibly well that you are able to parent for that child specifically that God has given you in a way that is most effective for that child. Because that's, that's ultimately how it's going to help them be successful and to be the person that God intended for them to be. The next thing I want to talk about is that God, God will, coaches will inspire like a a sense of unity amongst the team, right? They will inspire them. They will motivate them and create this unity amongst the team. And that's also what we have to do. Like we have got to get our families on the same page and inspire them um, so that we're all moving in the same direction, right? We we can't all be individual ships moving in our own direction. Somebody's got to captain the ship and we've all got to be moving in the same direction. And so I remember like one of the conversations we had with the boys as we were like, okay, listen, like we're, you know, we're getting ready to go talk to the mortgage lender, you know, so we can go buy a house and everything. And so that means that we can't be buying a bunch of extra stuff because the mortgage lenders don't necessarily like that. And they both immediately got it. And they were like, okay, it's what we need and what we not what we want until we close on this house. And I'm like, yes, exactly. I'm like, and then we'll have all this extra money saved and we can decorate your rooms and do all the things, right? I'm like, but the bank doesn't like you to see a bunch of, you know, withdrawals. They don't, they don't like that. And they were like, okay, no problem. I'm like, we totally understand. And so we will be at a Target and one one of the kids will say, oh, well, I could really, I really want X, Y, Z thing, you know, and it's something so small. And I'm like, I'm already at Target, whatever. It's not a big deal. And the other one will remind me it's what we need, not what we want right now, because they all have the same goal that my husband and I do. And so by having our, our family all on one page, it just makes life a whole lot easier, right? My kids are super excited for each other. They're excited for where our family's going and they work together to make sure that we're reaching that goal together, right? We, when you're creating a sense of unity, right? Everybody has their own task on a team, right? Like I said, my son plays center. And so, you know, the quarterbacks are relying on the center and the running back and the receiver is relying on the quarterback, right? And so if my son doesn't do his job well, the quarterback can't do his job well, and then they can't do, you know, this receiver can't do his job well. And so everybody has to work together. They inspire one another. They encourage each other on the team. And that's also what we're we're doing in our family unit is we have to be inspiring and encouraging to one another as we move toward whatever goal it is that you have for your family. And so I just get excited when I see you know, my children out encouraging one another and supporting one another. Um, I'll just, last night, for instance, it, it was beautiful. I mean, it was like 81 degrees here in Georgia. And my youngest was like, we just, you know, my two boys, they helped me rearrange like our, like a seating area, right? So I moved my greenhouse over and moved all of our outdoor furniture over and sort of created this like circle of chairs and everything to hang out in. And my youngest is like, man, I would love a fire pit here. 
And I'm like, well, I mean, I can go to Lowe's and go buy a fire pit real quick. You know, something so cheap and easy. And he was like, no, mom, I got it. And he went out, found a bunch of bricks and rocks, built a circle. And then my husband taught him how to build a fire. And he did. He built a fire for us last night. Um, and he's nine. He was so proud of himself. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. But the oldest encouraged him so much. My, you know, my almost 11 year old was just pouring into him so much. Like there wasn't any animosity that like the youngest did this with dad and not the oldest. Like it was just pure love and joy and support for his brother, watching his brother accomplish this thing that he wanted to do. And so it's always really special to me when you see your family just moving in this unity and there is no competition in the family. And that's what coaches do really well is they, there's no competition in and amongst the team because you guys are all working towards a common goal. And so we have to create that environment in our homes as well. The other thing that coaches do, while we may be focused on winning a game, practices are fun. I know that even though my son works hard at football practice, the other one works really hard at wrestling practice. It's like they're working really hard and they might come out a little bruised and a little achy, you know, cause they're using their bodies in this way, but it is fun. Their coaches make it so fun. It is so enjoyable for them. And so we also have to be the same way. We have to make learning about the gospel fun. We have to make it enjoyable. We have to make them see that it's applicable to real life and that it living in gospel truth and working towards whatever goal that we have is fun. It is enjoyable. It's productive, but it's also enjoyable because if it's not enjoyable, we're not going to do it. As humans, we're not going to do it if it's not enjoyable. And so we work really hard to make everything we do fun. So just, I just talked about moving all this furniture. There was a ton of leaves that fell. I literally told my husband I would go buy him a leaf blower. Didn't. So then I was like, I'm just going to go rake all of the leaves. And so my boys came out, helped me rake a bunch of leaves, raked them into a huge pile. And as soon as, and then it was like a little, little competition amongst them. Like who can make a bigger leaf pile for us to go run and jump in and play in. Right. And we had their puppy out with them. And so they're playing with a puppy in these pile of leaves and it was enjoyable for them. And then we sat outside under this tree, just next to our greenhouse, reading a book that they're into. They're reading the Sugar Creek Gang right now. And so I'm sitting out here reading with them. They just played in the leaves. And so it was like, yes, we did work, but it was also really enjoyable work, right? It was fun what we did. There was a reward at the end and it may not have been monetary or anything like that, but the reward was we got to go jump in a big leaf pile and then relax in the sunshine listening to a book we're into. Something my boys are super into is whenever they have to clean their room, right? Nobody wants to clean their room. That's not enjoyable. And so now they will set, they will give themselves like a goal. Like I'm going to get my room clean, clean in 20 minutes. Beautiful. They will find the funniest 20 minute timer they can on YouTube that will have some funny explosion or something funny happen at the end of that countdown. And then they're blasting music in their room together having the time of their life, putting away their laundry, cleaning up their toys. And then they're looking at the countdown timer. They're like, okay, like we only have X amount of minutes left. Like we better hurry. They divide and they conquer, right? They're delegating 
And so, and they have so much fun because they've also, they always had a goal. Like if we can get this done in 20 minutes and then can we go have popsicles outside? Can we have an extra 20 minutes on our iPad? It's something, right? Whatever sort of something it is, but they're working together and they're enjoying it while they're doing it. And they know there's something for them at the end. And so as parents, and when we're thinking like coaches, the reward at the end is eternal salvation. That's the reward at the end. And so don't make going to church, reading your scriptures, praying all these things, not enjoyable, right? You can take it seriously. You can get the doctrine correct, but also make it enjoyable. So like something we do is every Monday evening, we have like a family home evening where we sit down, we will study something, right? So right now we're going through the new Testament. We'll sit down, we'll study a section of scripture together. And my kids have these really cute like scripture marking worksheets and they work together on those. They love them, but they are designed to help them learn how to use the Bible as a tool. And how do you find stuff in scriptures? How do you mark your scriptures? Like, how do you do those things? So they have those and we, we go through those every week. We have cute little videos like, and I always make dessert too for while they're doing it. So this past week they want a strawberry shortcake. So that's what I made. Um, and so we're always doing something fun. So like, yes, we are learning biblical truths, but we are also making it fun and enjoyable and our whole family is around and we're unplugged. And I mean, the only thing that's, you know, electronic going, why going is this video that they're watching. And so, right. And it'll give them some background on the scriptures they're about to read basically is what we do. And then, you know, then they work together on that. My husband and I are having discussion. We're discussing with them. Like it's, it's always such a special part of our week. I really love Monday nights for that reason, because it's time that we've just dedicated and set aside to growing our faith together as a family, but making it really special and enjoyable. Like, yes, we do stuff throughout the rest of the week. I have a packet for them every week of like a one little scripture thing that they could be doing to help them increase their biblical knowledge. However, Monday nights just make it super special. They are really plugged in. They're really focused. They're really engaged. And it's because it's really fun. So make make the the work and the practice fun. Let them see you have fun at church. Let them see you have fun, you know, pouring into one another. Like, let them see you have fun. It's super important to make it enjoyable for them so that they continue with it long-term. And so I just want to encourage you this week to, to challenge your way of thinking and start thinking like a coach when it comes to your children and let me know how it works out for you. Until next week, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Milk and Honey Show. I hope this episode has helped you feel more confident in the calling God has for you so you can lean into your purpose and impact. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to help more Christian women entrepreneurs just like you. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at the Lemon Price. I'll see you next week.